0: Family Vacation Planning Experts. We are sponsored by the Tomorrowland Travel Authority Vacations Travel Agency. Your hosts are your agents at that agency. If you need help planning your Disney vacation, your Universal vacation, or your cruise vacation, please contact us at ttavacationsgmail.com. I'm your host, Ron, and I am here tonight with my co host and wife, Laurel. Uh, Rachel's not joining us tonight. Uh, We just got back from a week in Orlando, and one of the things we want to talk about is what to do with little ones when you don't have park tickets, which is something that came up for us on this trip a little unexpectedly. Uh, We'll get a little bit more into that. We're going to do a full trip report with Rachel on our next episode, but we wanted to talk about this with you. So, we ended up with a few extra days in Orlando than we thought we were going to have, and... We didn't have any park tickets Uh, or we were supposed to originally be, you know, working from home down in Florida. But uh, we managed to, you know, do some trade off of days where one of us would work and one of us wouldn't. And then we, you know, had to fill in what to do in those days without having to spend, you know, a hundred and something dollars per person on a park ticket and make the person working jealous (laughs) by doing that. Um We've done this before. We tend to take longer vacations where we do sometimes work from our uh, timeshare in Orlando. And we've done a bunch of different things. I'd say the most obvious is a pool day.
1: Mm. Definite pool day, especially if it's the kind of pool that has, you know, like little extras like slides or I don't know, like... um Different kinds of splash pad areas or even um, like water zones with different kinds of water toys and things. Those are always the best.
0: Yeah. I mean, most kids are going to love the pool more than the parks. Let's be honest. I think they really are. Uh, But the big problem is it's really hard to make that an all-day activity. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to get hot no matter if you're in the water. You're going to get tired have to get the kids out to apply sunscreen or nap or lunch, and once that happens, it's kind of hard to get back in so we tend to split these days where we'll do half a day in the morning in the pool and do another activity in the evening or vice versa. Mostly, we tend to do that in the morning and then do something after lunch or nap uh where with a four year old we're kind of in the sometimes napping sometimes not so in the past. We've looked up some of those, like, soft play areas or indoor playgrounds, and they're scattered throughout Orlando. I don't even remember who we use. It's been a little bit of a time yeah. since we used one. But
1: there's several different ones, and they, they ha- there are different ones that are aimed at different kinds of experiences, at different kinds of price ranges, which I would say, you know, if your child is, you know, walking to, like, four, maybe five, I think it's probably the back you would get in in those indoor play spaces for small children. Uh, Those are really ideal just because you know they're safe. You know that they're following cleanliness guidelines. There's not going to be a ton of bigger kids possibly, you know, getting in their way. Um, uh, You're probably also going to have more enrichment type play. As opposed to just you know pure pure unadulterated fun, so you know at that age, it's always kind of nice to sort of have something that feels comfortable and comforting and calm <laughs> um,
0: we've done some that are like the soft play areas, like what if anybody remembers Discovery Zone or places with like ball pits to others that have just like a little village of playhouses mm-hmm. and some of the soft play areas, and then they have like. You know, video games for kids, like a giant interactive wall, like a Kinect-style thing.
1: Or like on the ground where they have to, you know, stamp on things or dance in place. Uh, Sometimes they'll have um, interactive exhibits that are almost like children's museum level, you know, advanced. Um, And then sometimes you'll find that they're going to have interactive play areas that are more... Like you know, grocery store shopping, or maybe even indoor, uh, like jungle gym type spaces. So just you know, it's kind of nice to look those things up and see what they have, so you can see what your child might be interested in.
0: And they're a relatively cheap option. They're usually only going to charge you for the kid, and it's usually going to be what fifteen twenty dollars for an hour or yeah, two, depending sometime. on depending on the place. So that's a good option. Um, and Laurel mentioned another one is the Children's Museum. And the main one of those you're going to find in Orlando was the Orlando Science Center, which is one of the things we did on this trip. Uh, we happen to be members of our local Children's Museum here, so we did get in free. So if you, uh, I forget the organization, like ATSC or something like that. If you have any kind of reciprocity with a local Children's Museum, you can do that there. Uh, we didn't even get to see all the exhibits we were there for a couple hours and I think we went into two of the rooms real or uh we did a dinosaur bones exhibit we did an exhibit about different breeds of dogs and how dogs and humans coexist and are similar and different and then we did like a, one room that was about like weather effects and it was like an earthquake simulator and a uh Hurricane simulator, which was fun. Um, and that's you know, these are a lot of these children's museums are going to be the same. We've gone to them in Boston, we've gone to them, uh, you know, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Montreal, we've been to Fort Lauderdale, Miami. A lot of them have the same type of exhibits, but they're not always exactly the same, so they're another good option. And those usually run you about 20 to 25 a person, kind of thing. Uh, so they're going to be a little bit more expensive. And at this point, I do have to re- remind you that, like, once you get past like a fifth day at a Disney t- ticket, you're only going to be paying that 20 or so pr- probably per person anyway, depending on the season. So you have to weigh that as your cheap options. But once again, these are kind of more breaks. They're a little calmer. They're not out in the sun. So you have to weigh that out in the same thing. And that goes with some of the other museums in the area. You have things like Wonderworks and. Ripley's mm-hmm. Believe It or Not. Yeah. Uh, They're the,
1: like kid-oriented museums. The Crayola
0: and, Experience at the Florida I, I was just Mall. Say, yep,
1: yep, the Crayola Experience. If your child is super creative, ours is not. <laughs> she's more active. But if your child is super creative, I, from what other parents of creative children have told me, the Crayola, the Crayola Experiences are, are excellent, and you can spend at least a few hours there.
0: And then with on that note, you can go out to, you know, uh, Cape Canaveral, and uh, they had, uh, this, it's a little bit more of expensive and a little further away, but you have that experience out there with the, you know, space museum. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, so if your child is kind of interested in space, ours is sort of uh, getting kind of into planets and the moon right now. We did not opt to go out to Cape Canaveral on this particular trip, but we're thinking maybe when she gets closer to five that might be a better uh, age just because it's kind of a, it's several hours when you're at Cape Canaveral. And it's hour. a little
0: more like learning intensive. Yes. It's also a good thing to do if you have a day before or after your cruise. Yes. Out of uh, Port Canaveral, it's right there. I mean, even I think some of the Royal cruises like have it as a port stop. If you go out of another port, I think some of the New York cruises on the Oasis class uh, even have it as an excursion. So that's, that's an option. That's going to get a bit more expensive. I mean, you're yeah. more unlikely it's going to be cheaper to have a park day. And we understand a lot of these are off property. Uh, we're going to talk about some on Disney property options if you don't have a rental car uh, in a minute. I'm trying to think of any uh, uh,
1: well, there's a few. Other. Icon
0: Park is another good yeah. one. There's, uh,
1: there's also some um, significantly large mini golf uh, facilities that are still within driving, close driving distance and of those Disney are, property. There's
0: plenty on and off property mm-hmm. on Universal property on Disney property, mm-hmm. and those you'll be able to get to from if you're staying on. You could walk over to some of them. Yeah, take a bus. There's there, a,
1: a couple of themed dinners as well. I mean, everyone kind of has their own personal interest when it comes to themed dinners, like, like Hoop-Dee-Doo, for instance. But there's a pirate experience, which is um, great for different kinds of age groups. And I don't even know
0: what all the ones, because there was Arabian Nights. Yeah, there's There was a, medieval, a Titanic one. There's Medieval Times yeah. we know is still around. So there's plenty of those things to do. And Icon Park is a little area on iDrive. It's got a big, you know, London Eye-style Ferris wheel. Uh, There was the incident with the drop tower, which is no longer there. Um, So that's gone. But one of the things we did uh, when we went to Icon Park is we bundled a few things. Because, like, after the first one, it's like five bucks a person. We did the wheel, and we did... uh, the aquarium over there, I think the Orlando Sea Life Museum, where they call it. And then we could have added Madame Tussauds. And then you could just walk around. It's a little bit of an outdoor mall. It's touristy for that, but it's something to, you know, to do to keep the kids busy. And then there's plenty of other malls. There's the out, There's a few different outlet malls. Mm-hmm. There's the ones we go to most commonly on Vineland to go to the Disney Character Warehouse there. There's one a little bit further up on I Drive. Uh, there's the Florida Mall, which is a huge mall. And then there's also, like, within driving distances, a bunch of antique malls and things like that to visit, particularly, I think, out in Lakeland. And then there's along I Drive. In that area, there's, if you're looking for Disney souvenirs, a lot of these little, like, antique malls and thrift stores carry a lot of old Disney merchandise that are really cool to check out.
1: Aside from malls, there's also additional um, animal related types of activities that you can do in the area. Depending on your child and depending on the age and maybe even their interests, you know there are different kinds of experiences that are related to like alligators like a gatorland. Uh, there's also um, a, a safari park uh, that's accessible, although that's probably a little bit more expensive. I think there are different tours that you can take that even include transportation out to different Everglades locations. Uh, so it just depends really on like what your child's interests are, but there are definitely some alternatives that are outside, outdoors, as opposed to being indoor activities too.
0: And then let's get to the water parks, which are going to be a little pricier of an option. Um, you know, there's sometimes cheaper add-ons to your Universal or Disney tickets. Uh, but we've done... You know, we've done Blizzard Beach, we've done Typhoon Lagoon, we've done Volcano Bay, and they're all great. Uh, I think they all have their own strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might want to just check out what's great for your kid, because if they're going to be really into slides, maybe Volcano Bay is a little better for them. If they want to, like, really, like, more kids, like, laid-back play area, I think Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach, there. Uh, if they want a lazy river, I happen to like the Typhoon Lagoon yeah. lazy river the best. The wave pool over there is the biggest around.
1: Yeah, the the Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach smaller children areas I think are are in some ways better than Volcano Bay. Uh, Volcano Bay is significant in size, and what's kind of nice is that the whole space has a higher age range. Like you can have one year olds up to probably seven or eight in the same space. But the challenges there are that if you have really small children, then they can probably only do about half of the things in that particular space. And then, you know, you're kind of stuck in that kind of situation. Whereas if you're in the Typhoon and Blizzard Beach areas, they also go up to older ages like eight, you know, eight, nine, ten. But the types of items that they're the types of the types of things that they're doing in their spaces there are a little bit safer. So if your child is a, a little bit more into the outdoorsy, you know, exploratory stage like ours and who wants to do the stuff that the big kids do, we feel a little bit safer with her doing the things that are happen to be in those play spaces at those parks.
0: And there are also off-property ones like the Island H2O on 192. Uh, from what I understand, we've never been. We pass by it all the time. It looks like a little roadside attraction, but I've heard from people who are there. It's fine. It's just not as heavily themed as the Disney or Universal ones. But on the other hand, Aquatica over at SeaWorld Mm -hmm. is rated just as high, really, as the other parks ones. Um, All of them are pretty comparable in price, honestly. You might have like a $15 per person difference, which does add up. And sometimes if you know you're going to go a couple times, like adding that... Option on your Disney ticket uh, is a good thing, or I think like the Island H2O like annual pass is probably the same price or close to a one day pass at Volcano Bay. So those are some things to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have I know this is back to shopping, but now we're kind of staying on property. You've got either Disney Springs or City Walk, yep, uh, which is great to just browse and walk. It's they have a few distractionary things like the aerophile balloon or movie theaters or you know escape rooms depending on which one you're at there's going to be a few of those activities that can really jump up in price if you do a lot if you have a lot of people but they're still going to be cheaper than most you know day ticket add-ons and then there's simply resort hopping which is Something you can do if you're staying on Disney property or Universal,
1: yeah. And, and all of the many of the resorts have additional, uh, I'll call them attractions or different kinds of entertainment available just at the resorts. So, like for instance, if you're going to be around uh, the Yacht and Beach Club and you're at the Boardwalk, if you are a family of four and you don't have tiny children, maybe you might be interested in doing the Surrey bikes.
0: You could even put the Surrey the. Tidy children, and they have like a... That's true.
1: They have a little booster seat, little, like in the front.
0: It's like a, like your shopping trolley yeah. kind of thing.
1: And then um, you could even go fishing if you were at Riverside. Um, recommend to do that early in the morning just because there's, that's when the fish are biting. There's
0: boat rentals mm-hmm. and chartered boats. And you could even just ride transportation all day, which is something we did. Oh, yeah. We, that's like, a good
1: one. You should we, talk
0: about yeah, that. There's... If your kid likes boats, like... Our kid just wanted to ride a bus, so I took her on the bus a few times, and then we went on the monorail, and, the, and you don't need a ticket to do any of that. So, you can take all the resort transportation, boats, bus, yeah. Skyliner. You
1: can do horseback riding at... Um, Tri-Circle D over yeah. at
0: the Fort Wilderness. There's playgrounds at a, at some of the resorts. Uh, t- from what I could tell... A lot of the deluxe resorts don't have a dry playground. They've mm-hmm. kind of traded it for a wet playground. But the moderates and the values all have somewhere for the kids to play. And even touring, like, Art of Animation or the All-Stars with the big oversized things is going to entertain your kid. Yeah. They're going to love seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: our, our daughter is very um into, like I said before, kind of like a Physical activity type. She's big on running and running around and doing that sort of stuff um, as opposed to necessarily always doing enrichment related experiences. So for us, when we plan our day, honestly, you know, it comes up in conversation before our day begins. Okay, so where's a playground or a splash pad of some kind that we can let her run around and just be free and do the things that she likes to do? In the moment, you know. So so for us, that's something that's a part of our plans. We always have to think about where's a playground. If, you just, you know, the situation is that it's a rainy day and you're not getting out of the hotel and maybe you say, well, I need to find an indoor playground. Maybe it's the, you know, McDonald's, the largest McDonald's with the largest play place in Orlando that you go to. You know, it's just, it just depends on what your personal interests might be with your child.
0: And the rainy day, you've got the movies the movie theaters at both resorts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You really don't like, I really think it's sad that we don't have anything like Disney quest anymore to kind of fill in that rainy day void. But so you're going to have a little bit of a problem doing some of this on rainy days, but most of the resorts will have something going on in the lobby to kind Mm -hmm. of fill in some of the space and move some of those activities in there. And then at night, you know, you could still do the resort hopping. You've got Disney Springs or City Walk, And you, once again, you're allowed to go and walk around all the resorts. You just can't go in the pools for the most part if you're not staying there. Uh, you know, there's exceptions. But, like, go to Sanaa for a dinner and, like, walk out on the savannas and that, see oh, the yeah, animals. Oh, yeah, that's a
1: good one. We did that for an evening, and that was entertaining before dinner and after dinner. So, yeah, uh, we ended up getting a small set of binoculars at the uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, and our daughter went crazy over it. And uh, ours is a little afraid of animals in general. Like, we take her to a zoo, and she runs away from the exhibits. So, uh, you know, for us, it wasn't necessarily something we thought that she would enjoy so much. But for what, you know, in the the moment with her binoculars, and they happen to have the... um, Animal specialists have come back now to that particular resort, which is really great. She was interacting with them. They were having a blast. Every time she'd see an animal, she'd pull up her binoculars. <laughs> so, you know, there's definitely different things you can do at the resorts, you know, even besides just eating and shopping. And I'm thinking,
0: I'm thinking, like, off property, like, if you don't want to go to one of the dinner shows like uh, Medieval Times or hoop dee do or... There's, like, some of the Benihana-style places, a lot of them around Orlando. Oh, yeah, like, like hibachi-related uh, restaurants. Hibachi, Kobe is a local uh, Central Florida one that I've been going to, you know, since college. Uh, and I think they've always been reasonable price for a good show and decent food. Mm-hmm. And they're scattered around 192 I Drive. So, wherever you're at, there's probably one fairly close by. Plus, there's, you know... Obviously, there's one at Epcot, but we're talking about things you're trying to do without tickets.
1: One of the things we also like to do um, for dinner is Raglan Road, because they have the live dancing with the Irish dancers. And our daughter loves anything that's loud and noisy and is physical. (laughs) So anything like that, we would definitely jump to.
0: And. You know, that's a lot of restaurants at Disney Springs are going to have some form of entertainment. Some of the ones at City Walk are going to have the same thing, like Margaritaville, uh, I, uh, whatever the Bob Marley one is. Uh, so those are always the kind of options you have when you just don't want to go into a, or can't go into a park for some reason. Uh, um, so what we, you know, we had to do that for an extra two days on this last trip. Actually, I'd say three. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did we did the Surrey bike. I took Andy on all different forms of transportation. We did the aerophile mm-hmm. balloon. Uh, we went to the we went swimming. We went to the museum. So these are things we have learned to do. Uh, going as often and for longer trips as we do as now. So, so we have a timeshare. So we will often go for a few weeks at a time and. You know, we can't all take PTO for the full two weeks every time, so we'll take a bunch of time off together, but then we'll trade off days off to take care of Andy or, you know, go to the, like, one of us will work morning and take her to the pool, and the other one will do something in the afternoon. So we've done a lot of these different things. I mean, uh, Peppa Pig theme park is, relative, is a oh, little yeah. cheaper if you have little ones, and Legoland, is. Like if you're going to do the Legoland, you're probably going to pay the same thing you are for a Disney park. Yeah. If you're adding on some days, so and
1: you might want to wait till your kids are a little bit older, given the investment on the, the cost for that park. But I will say Peppa Pig um, was such a pleasant surprise in you know our own personal experience. Our daughter was not really interested in Peppa Pig to begin with, but <laughs> so we'll start with that. But um, we did know that the. Types of rides that and the types of experiences that they had were highly geared towards her age group. Um, and what was really nice about that park, I will tell you, was strangely enough how calm it was. You walk into a Disney park or a Universal park, and I will tell you, if you're a four year old, I can see why you probably are going to get a bit overwhelmed by the intense stimuli. And that park was just the exact opposite. It was calm. It was comfortable. I felt safe. There wasn't this constant blasting noise and white noise in your life. Um, and every single ride, our daughter enjoyed some of them. She did multiple times. Um, our daughter also is um, a little fearful of people in characters, character costumes. So if you, you know, want to do meet and greets, you know, for us, it's kind of touch and go. But she instantly ran to Peppa Pig and wanted to take pictures and give Peppa a hug. And and so, you know, from that entire day's experience, she just totally loved it. And I will say they have a a top-notch, like, splash kids water park space. Uh, It is perfect for all of the age groups in one space. It's large, so your child isn't going to get bored by doing, like, you know, just the one thing that's eligible for their age. Uh, our daughter, honestly, and it was a cooler day. We went probably the week of New Year's, and it was cooler, and she ran around that water space, I mean, probably for a good hour. Um, and she would have done this for another one to two hours if she could have, <laughs> but we sort of had to like, put the end of the day. And she was the first kid that day that ran into the water park because it was kind of a cooler day, and a lot of people clearly weren't going to go into the water park. Her and the lifeguards were having a blast. It was her and, like, three lifeguards for a while. So definitely consider the Peppa Pig Park if you have kids of the the right age group. It's definitely just a nice little getaway compared to a Disney experience.
0: I mean, we really can't name everything in the area. There's just too much. You've got Fun Spot. You've got a million mini-golf places. So there's always something to do, and the off-property ones are always going to be a little cheaper than Disney. Um... But they do require to have a car. But there's plenty to do, as we said, just the resort hopping, looking around. You know, get your kids a couple, like one of those starter pin packs and go around pin trading.
1: That's a good one. Or if you're into penny pressing, I, as an adolescent, was very obsessed with the penny pressers. So my dad, on some days, we would go in the afternoons and we would go to all the resorts and get all the new pennies. And that was, you know, those are, you know, memories that I cherish from my youth and my experiences at the Disney properties.
0: And I think there are apps out there and stuff to help you with those now. I don't think, I think Disney keeps an official list. I don't know how quickly they update it. But that's an easy, those are easy things to do. uh, When you don't have a park ticket. I know, as I said, we couldn't cover them all. But this is some of the stuff we've done. Uh, Next week uh, we're going to do our trip report for our, what ended up being a little more of an extended trip to uh, Universal Orlando and the Orlando uh, area. Uh, for uh, for myself, Ron, Laurel, and, and absentia Rachel, thank you for listening to Birds, and we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you.